Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Ready? Let's do it. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And we're back for another week of commentary of what's going on down at the State House. And you'll notice that we talk about fewer bills because there are fewer bills that are still alive at this point. Um, and so if you hear us talking about a bill that we've already talked about, it's because it's hit another, it's passed another hurdle and it's further along in the process. Mm-hmm. So we're going to begin talking about a bill that we have been talking about, TANF. And this is one we've been talking about for a long time, even prior to the inception of this podcast. And um, this, the bill number is, it's Senate Bill 265, and the bill would expand the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program in Indiana. And we've been trying to get that passed for a long time. For those of you who listened or paid a, uh, been receiving ICANN reports, you know that it has not been increased since 1988. And this is the furthest that it's gotten along in the process. And it just reached another hurdle. What was that, Alexander? It passed the House Ways and Means Committee, which the House Ways and Means Committee is is uh, the House version of the Senate Appropriations Committee. So That, what, that means money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. means money. And these committees evaluate bills that have any sort of fiscal impact to the state. And the committees are, are bigger. I think they're, what, 20 members or so, yeah. where most of the other committees are... Six to eight. Six to eight to 12 at the yeah. most, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there certainly, there's a lot that happens in those committees, especially in the budget session. Although it's still interesting that it has to go through that process, because as we told you before, TANF money flows from the federal government. And so it's not going to create... Technically, it shouldn't create a deficit within the state budget, but because the state can kind of appropriate where it goes, um, it goes through. It's going. It went through the Ways and Means Committee, but it did pass out. So we mm-hmm. are closer. Yeah. To making that increase a reality. So it, the way I understand it is, this is the first time it's ever passed the House Ways and Means Committee. is in, in the past, that's where it's usually died, where the chair of that committee hadn't heard it in previous sessions. Or it didn't get out of the, the prior session, prior committee that it was in to even get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And so there will be action alerts for you to contact mm-hmm. your lawmakers to encourage them to you know, push this you know, over the finish line. Sorry for all the references to sports, but... <laughs> <laughs> So I actually read an article this morning that was that was covering TANF, and it referenced Holy Family Shelter, which is a, a family shelter through Catholic Charities for mm-hmm. the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And the uh, director of that shelter was talking about the how they, they often encourage women and families who are coming into the shelter to apply for this and how great a gift it would be if there was more um, funding available and... and especially the raising of the income requirements. I think right now for a family of four, it's close to $9,000, which mm-hmm. is just is a very minimal amount that you can't make any more than that in order to qualify in a year. Um, that sometimes women would come in who may be working a part-time job, would be working or full-time, would make more than that. 
and they would apply and then would be rejected. And it's as sort of another, you know, you're going to the homeless shelter, another thing that isn't working out, right? Um, But again, that $9,000 minimum, back in 1988, $9,000 probably was... It meant a little more, yeah. A lot more. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But $9,000, earning $9,000, and if you have two children, which... That seems to be the the typical a mom and 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 two children. Nine thousand dollars is not going to get you very far. Mm-hmm. So this bill would increase that nine thousand dollar cap to I believe it's fifteen thousand dollars. Just still not a ton of money still for somebody not. to make in a year. Um, but the the whole purpose behind this is to have a little additional um, cash assistance to meet basic needs. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, we've given these kind of examples in the past and we ask for your prayers. And like Angela said, you're reaching out to lawmakers. We do have an active action alert on our website right now for this issue. And also be prayerful and thoughtful about it. I mean, I have, as this conversation has been going on for years, you know, there are people, not necessarily anybody who might be listening to this podcast, but there are people who believe that people are poor or needy because they don't work hard enough. You know, and mm. that's quite often the exact opposite. You know, some of the people who are the poorest are working two and three jobs, working a lot harder than millionaire, millionaires or billionaires who are relying on income from, say, real estate or investments that won't get taxed <laughs> mm-hmm. at the same rate that, you know, these hardworking people. And so have, you know, some charity when you think about this and be prayerful about it. People need help because they're in dire situations. You know, there are some people who may have made some bad mistakes along the way, but for the most part, um, those who are working hard and disadvantaged are working a lot harder than some of us mm-hmm. to make, just to make ends meet. Mm. Yeah. So reach out about Senate Bill 265. Yeah. Next, we're going to touch on some federal action alerts. These come from the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and our colleagues there. And there are, there are, several that have come up recently and because we don't have quite as much going on at the state level this week and because these are important issues that happen at the federal level too that's why we want to highlight them Um, the first one is the health and human services uh, department department of health and human services is proposing a new version of their contraceptive mandate and this would mandate more employers than than have been included in the past to cover contraception, sterilization, and some abortion-causing drugs. Um, so obviously there are, there are issues with this with Catholic teaching. Um, you can go on the USCCB's website to see all of the um, justification for this, if you will. And what you can do is submit a comment to the uh, Department of Health and Human Services and express in your own voice how this would affect you would it, it would affect your um, presumably your health plan, right? If it, your employer health plan, and and you in some part in some small part um, could be required to cover some of these things that are are uh, against Catholic teaching. And you don't have to 
navigate through the USCCB, well, on our webpage, we will have the action alert that can get you to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while you're there, there are other action alerts as well. We won't go into all of them in, in depth right now. There are other action alerts also on the USCCB website that you can respond to when you're on the action alerts page. The last thing we want to touch on in this podcast is uh, the general topic of, of praying for our legislators and getting to know our legislators. So we had a neat uh, time this past week when Archbishop Thompson came and did the opening prayer for the Senate session when they were doing their their, their session of the day. And there's usually a um, some kind of minister uh, who comes and will do an opening prayer for all of the members. And Senator Jean Lysing is the one who invited Archbishop Thompson. She's... Um, uh, one of our, our Catholic senators, and um, asked him to come. And he came down and um, did that opening prayer. And it was really beautiful to see how legislators responded to that. And I'm sure this happens you know, every time when there's there's a different person who comes, uh, legislators, I think, seem like each gets their turn mm-hmm. in inviting somebody to, to do that opening prayer. Um, but seeing how they responded to that, it made me start to think more about how we can pray for our legislators because that was a, a portion of the archbishop's prayers, asking the Lord to be with them in all the, their decision-making. And I think now more than ever for legislators on any side of the political spectrum, that prayer is so necessary for them to uh, discern what is good um, and to seek the common good in what they're doing. And I think also when you pray for them, pray that they will listen to their hearts instead of the partisan views Mm -hmm. because that's how things continue to be divided um, when people just look at, you know, what does the party want? Um, If they can just stop and be still for a moment and try to do what's right. If you could pray for them to do what's right, not what's politically advantageous, not even what you politically might want them to do, um, because we're not perfect. We oftentimes want them to do what we want, and that could be based on our partisanship or our view of what the perfect politics are. So just just pray that they could be still and because there's a lot of noise down at the state mm-hmm. house that they can be still and discern what's right what's moral and what's just yeah and i think in that same vein your legislators beyond just hearing from you in an action alert could also benefit from uh, a deeper relationship uh, so I know not not everybody is called to that sort of interaction with their state legislator, mm-hmm. state legislator. Um, but something that that we could always help with um, is cultivating a deeper relationship with your legislators. So whether that's reaching out and inviting them to have a meeting with you, um, or even a brief phone call, just to get to know one of their constituents and and how you feel about different issues is an important step in our legislative process that uh, I think is is easy to neglect that. Um, And it's also 
I think for many of us, it seems out of reach to try to do something like that. With Holy Week coming up, I would encourage listeners, even if you do an action alert and follow up on it, or if you don't do an action alert, think about sending just a brief message to your legislator saying, during Holy Week, I am praying for you. Mm -hmm. Something simple like that could make all the difference. Let them know that they're not in this all by themselves. Mm -hmm. And then actually pray for them. Right. (laughs) That's the key, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I love this suggestion for doing it during Holy Week. I mean, it is is such a a powerful um, spiritual week for us to really dive into the mysteries of our faith. Um, And we're so excited that uh, legislators will have a chance down at the State House to go to confession during Holy Week. Um, it's something that uh, one of the priests here at the Archdiocese, he's actually the rector of the cathedral, has offered to go down and offer confession for legislators. So, But that came out of the Archbishop being there to lead prayer. Right. And so. Right. Well, we hope you have a blessed and holy, holy week. And thank you for listening to this episode of the ICANN podcast. We'll see you next week. God bless.